You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Today, we're going to learn from Jesus about fruitfulness. This is one of the great metaphors in the Bible for a believer that our life is to be fruitful, to be bountiful, to be productive. So how do we do this? Here's what Jesus has to say. This is beginning in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God is the one who oversees and tends the garden. Jesus is the vine. And Christians, we receive as branches the life of Jesus. It's the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit, who brings the life of Jesus into your life so that you can be fruitful. Again, we are the branches. That means that we cannot be anyone's vine. Sometimes we think that we are the vine to others. I need to give them life. I need to give them love. I need to give them hope. I need to provide all of the nourishment and life and energy for their existence. And what you find is God doesn't make you to be a vine. He makes you to be a branch. And we all need Jesus to be the vine from which we will get the life and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Last week, Jesus spoke a lot about the Holy Spirit How do we abide? How do we receive this power of God? How do we receive the energy and life-giving nourishment for our soul? It's by being connected to Jesus so that we can get the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is really good news. Some of us have chosen someone or something else to be our vine. If we've chosen our spouse... We've chosen our work, our health, our beauty, our success, our grade point average, our children to be our vine. And what we find is that they are not healthy and we're not healthy because they were never meant to be, nor are we, to be the vine. Now, we all need a vine. His name is Jesus. In this analogy that Jesus is using, the goal of your life and my life is to be fruitful. There are two major errors, mistakes as Americans that we make when it comes to our life goal or life objective. Some will say it's to be successful. Well, our life goal is not to be successful. Some say it's to be comfortable. Well, our life goal is not to be comfortable. Your goal, my goal, is to be fruitful. You see, Jesus, according to the analysis of our day, was not very successful. What kind of house did he live in? 
He was homeless. He was poor. According to the standards of our day, he was not successful. In addition, he didn't have a wife to do life with. He had a lot in his life that was opposition and hardship. His life was not comfortable. Most Americans, our goal is to be either successful or comfortable. And the goal God has for you and me is to be fruitful. Here's the point of a fruitful tree. A fruitful tree is to nourish others. God wants us to be life-giving, nourishing, sweet, helpful, joyful, beneficial to others. That's what it means to live a fruitful life. A tree does not, a, a fruitful tree does not exist to nourish itself. It exists to bear fruit, to nourish others. That's what the Bible refers to as ministry. Here Jesus is going to use this analogy and talk about four different kinds of people. Which kind are you? The first is an unbeliever. So as Jesus continues in verse 6, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. If you do not remain in me, remain, abide. You're going to hear this uh, term used successfully, um, successively in this passage. This is relational language. It's doing life together. What Jesus is talking about here are those who don't want to do life together with him. So this would be somebody who might say, look, I'm not a bad person. I don't do bad things. But if you're living your life apart from God, that's the worst sin of all. You're living in isolation from him where we're supposed to live doing life together with him, dependent upon him. God wants a relationship where you hang out, where you do life together. And then he says this, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned Jesus talks about people who are doomed for destruction. We don't like to hear that, right? You know, most people believe in heaven, but not very many understand or even appreciate the concept of hell. Jesus says elsewhere, narrow is the road and few find it. Jesus talks more about hell than anyone else in the Bible. 13% of Jesus' teaching is about punishment and hell and eternal judgment. And you'll hear this language in the Bible, to be cut off, to be separated from God. So there's this agricultural language going on in our text. And let me say this, right now in human history, this is the time of harvest. This is where we, we tell people about Jesus. We invite them to get to Jesus, to be forgiven by Jesus, walk with Jesus, do life with Jesus. There is a day coming when that harvest is over and that will be the end. And some people will say, well, I don't feel like I, I need God. I'm, I'm doing life pretty good on my own. It may be fine now, but it won't be fine forever. Look, my job is to tell you the truth. The Bible is clear and Jesus exceedingly clear. That 
everyone dies and lives forever, but not everybody goes to a better place. There is heaven and there is hell. Both are eternal destinies for all people. This was promised even way back in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 said this, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. The question is, which place for you? If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't belong to Jesus, if you're doing life independent of God, then you should not expect to do life eternally with God. Ultimately, you have the most important decision you'll ever need to make, and that is, am I with Jesus or am I not with Jesus? And that's really amazing, you know what, that God would want a relationship with us in the first place. And Jesus previously in John's gospel explained heaven this way. He said, heaven is my father's house. And you can only be led in by him through faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which means he's not going to let anyone in who is seeking to do harm to his family. Those bent on evil, those who have hatred toward God or toward any of his children... God's a father, heaven is his home, and he invites us to have a relationship with him. And what he says is, if you love me, and you love my family, when you die, you will pass through Jesus. He is the door, and you can come into my house, and we will do life together forever. That sounds pretty reasonable. Why would God allow people who don't want a relationship with him and rebel against him for eternity? If that were the case, then heaven would look a lot like earth, and this place is a mess. So the decision for you is this. Are you going to live life with Jesus, and then when you die, you go into the Father's house? Or are you going to live your life without Jesus, and when you die, you go to the place where he's talking about where it's nothing but fire? Some people would look at this and say, well, that's very unloving. You know, actually, what's extremely loving is the fact that God wants a relationship with any of us to begin with. But think through this with me. Think about the story of Judas Iscariot. As Jesus is saying these very words from John chapter 15, Judas has already gone out to betray Jesus. Judas has been with Jesus for three years. For three years, Jesus loved Judas, but Judas hasn't loved Jesus. In fact, when given a choice between money and loving and serving God, Judas chose money. He would rather love money than to love God. Whose fault is that? That's Judas's fault. Jesus loved Judas, taught Judas, did miracles in front of Judas. And Judas chose not to respond, not to understand, not to follow, not to love Jesus. God is willing to have a relationship, but how many people does it take to have a relationship? Two. 
Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, but you've got to respond and decide, do I want to have a relationship with him? So the first kind of person is the unbeliever. The second kind of person is what I'll refer to as the fake believer. John chapter 15 verse 2 is, is debated as to what it really means. I'm going to give you my interpretation. Look, the Bible is true, and sometimes it's hard to understand. But that doesn't mean that Jesus isn't in control, and regardless of what we think, um, whether there's understanding on our part or not. So let's go back and pick up one of those verses that we just read. Verse 2, Jesus said this, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That sounds like, okay, you're a believer, you're a branch connected to the vine, but you're not producing a whole lot of fruit, so God comes to you and says, you're going to get thrown into the fire. Well, that's a scary thought. And if we interpret it that way, it means that what Jesus did on the cross was not enough. I've also got to do something, because <laughs> if I don't, then I'm going to burn forever. That it, it leads me to works. I've got to do something to make sure I'm really saved. So you look at this, this verse, then somebody might say, well, does that mean that, that this was a Christian that lost their salvation? Or, or somebody might reason, no, maybe this is a, a fake Christian like Judas. Well, let me tell you this. You cannot lose your salvation. But you can fake it. So maybe that's who Jesus is talking about here. And many times in the gospel, that's the religious people. Maybe that's who Jesus is talking about, that ultimately at the end they get cut off because they were never really connected to the vine. The third kind of person is the unhealthy believer. The rest of that verse is this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So this is a person that has been fruitful, but they're pruned to be even more fruitful. Why the pruning? Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gen generosity, uh, self-control, Gentleness, those things are not evident in your life. Or, or they're, they're so lacking on display that it doesn't look like anything's happening in any of those areas. But in this case, it's not that God is done with you. He loves you. He's there for you. He's just wanting you to make more of an impact on others. So you do love the Lord. God is at work in your life. But there is some bad fruit. There's some rebellion that's causing you to be unfruitful. For others of you, the unfruitfulness is a result of shallow roots. You've not dug deep with God. You love God, but you've just not dug deep with Him. For some of you, this is just a tough season. You're looking at your life and you're going, man, how did I get so burdened, maybe even broken? And what God needs to do is that he needs to come along and lift you up. This is not the result of sin in your life. This is just you've gone through some hard, difficult circumstances. God wants to carefully 
but surgically remove from you those areas in your life that are producing dead ends. Additionally, there's others of you that have just been simply planted in bad soil. Bad theology, bad church, bad relationships, bad commitments. The people you're with, the things that you've been committed to, they don't make you healthy, they make you unhealthy. So maybe you say, you know what, I need to get better soil. I need a different job. I need to find some godly friends. I need to have new habits. I need to find a decent church because if there's no nourishment in the soil, then you can't be flourishing and healthy and growing. Or how about this? One, for some people, the reason they're not bearing much fruit is they're really not connected to the true vine. This is what usually happens. What tends to be the case is that we will put people or things in the place of Jesus. Some of you might be like, well, if my spouse would just be my life, if my parents or my children or my job or my income or my achievements, if this would just nourish me, I'd be fruitful. First, you need to get the life from Jesus. The energy, the life that you're seeking can only come from him. Because if Jesus is not your vine, you're not going to be healthy. You're not going to be growing. What I'm asking is, who or what is your highest authority? Who or what do you go to for the energy and clarity and health for you to be an emotionally and relationally healthy person? If it's not Jesus, then that is doomed and destined to fail. And as a result, you will be unhealthy, and the life that you're trying to live will not be flourishing, and it will not nourish others. Now, let me say this. Pruning is painful. What happens is if your life goal is to be successful or comfortable, you hate pruning. Because pruning hurts, and it might give you less of some of the things that you've been trying to accumulate because what you're doing is taking away the deadness so that life can flow through you to be more fruitful you are a branch you're not a vine you're not the gardener Jesus is the vine he just told us that the father is the gardener and so what he wants to do is remove those things from you that are unhealthy, that are unfruitful, that are unproductive. This is where you need to understand the difference between hurt and harm. God, are you punishing me? Did I do something that, that, that just requires me to be left out of the picture with you? God's like, no, I love you. I'm pruning you so that you can be more fruitful. Think of it like this. Take somebody who has never been around modern medicine and put them into, let them see a surgical procedure. What are they going to think? <laughs> They're trying to kill this person. No. They're trying to heal them. 
for the believer. If you belong to Jesus Christ, he's not punishing you. He's already punished Jesus in your place. Instead, he's pruning you so that you become closer to Jesus. You become more like Jesus. And if the goal of your life is to be comfortable, you're going to reject pruning. If the goal of your life is to be successful, you're going to reject pruning. But if the goal of your life is to be fruitful, then you're going to receive pruning. Here's what Jesus promises us in that verse. He only prunes those who are already fruitful just so they can be more fruitful. So the good news is Jesus wants to lift you up. He wants to encourage you. He wants to help you be more fruitful. And the fourth kind of person is the healthy believer. And he leaves most of the text to this category. That you are a believer who is growing more healthy and more fruitful. Let's go back and pick up verse 5 again. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. This is God's whole intention for your life. Fruitfulness. You know why? So you can nourish your spouse and your kids and your coworkers and your community. You can bring life to other people. How many of you have met someone that they literally are like a source of life for you? You're like, man, when I get around them, I, I just, I feel encouraged. My soul is lifted. I feel built up, not beat up. They're life-giving people. God wants all of us to be fruitful people that are bearing fruit to nourish others. And ultimately, the goal is, you say, well, how do I have a healthy emotional life? You connect it to Jesus. How do I have a healthy career? Connect it to Jesus. How do I have a healthy marriage and healthy kids? You connect them to Jesus. Everything that's connected to Jesus has life and fruitfulness. And everything that's not connected to Jesus, he says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Someone will say, well, I can do things. Yeah, well, you have plastic fruit. <laughs> you know the difference between real fruit and plastic fruit? One of them is life-giving. There are people who live life apart from Jesus, and they think they're doing just fine, and ultimately it's a facade. There's no life. There's no nourishment. Religion, spirituality, morality, it's plastic fruit that's been duct taped to dead trees. From a distance, it looks the same. You get up close, you see there's a big difference. Someone who is in God's presence and has the life of the Holy Spirit in them, who brings forth the character of Jesus, who you get around those people, they are nourishing and life-giving and authentic. Jesus goes on, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you are connected to Christ, you'll be like, okay, Father, I want to bear fruit in this part of my life. You know what the answer is always going to be? Yes. God will send the Holy Spirit to give the life, the energy, the power that you need to have that area of your life be strengthened if it's in accordance with God's will. 
He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, helping people, serving people, encouraging people, loving people. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Is Jesus' is Jesus's life fruitful? <laughs> Most fruitful life in the history of the world. Most significant life in the history of the world. More books written about him. More songs sung regarding him. More lives devoted to him than anyone ever. The most fruitful life ever lived is the life of Jesus. How did he do it? He remained perfectly connected in his relationship with the Father. And as a result, Jesus is going to the cross and dying in our place for our sins and to conquer Satan and sin and death and hell. And ever since then, the gospel message has gone forth. The seed of the gospel has been planted, and the Christian church is growing. The biggest movement in the history of the world is the church of Jesus Christ, because the most healthy, life-giving, nourishing person ever is Jesus Christ. Okay, so how do we have a fruitful life, a fraction of Jesus's? It all starts with a relationship. Stay connected to Jesus, who then connects us to the Father. This is supernatural life. We live in a world where it's all about consuming and no one is nourishing. This is about a fruitful life. Jesus continues. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God wants his people to experience a fullness of joy. And if anyone or anything else is your vine, you will not have joy. If your career is your vine, you will not have joy. If your politics is your vine, you will not have joy. If your health or your marriage or your kids is your vine, you will not have joy. This is an understanding that Jesus gives you what you cannot get anywhere else. God wants you to experience his love. And that will mean an overflowing of his joy and his peace. He continues, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. The evidence of a fruitful life is love. Love God, love neighbor. Let me say this, this is a fruitless world because it is filled with people who are not connected to Jesus. And you and I will behave just like them if we stay disconnected from Jesus. You see, what this world needs is more fruitfulness. It doesn't need more darkness. Greater love, Jesus says, has no one in this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. What Jesus is saying is that I'm going to die so that you might live some of you would look at Jesus and say, I can't believe he's talking about God cutting people off. Jesus is about ready to be cut off. 
God the Son is about to go to the cross and become our sin and die in our place and be cut off from a relationship with the Father so that you and I don't have to be. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. How many of you, you wish you had a good friend? Or maybe you'd say, well, I had a friend, they unfriended me. We live, and that's why I'm not on Facebook. I don't, have to, I don't need any fake friends. We live in a world where there's not a lot of great friends. God comes down from his throne to be your friend. He says, Jesus goes on, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. Well, how does this relationship with God begin? He chooses you. Here's what he says. You did not choose me, but I chose you. The way it works is this. Jesus chooses you, and then you respond to him. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The goal of the Christian life is not just to get to heaven when you die. It is to be fruitful until you die. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Last verse, this is my command, love each other. This is my prayer for our church, that we would be a life-giving place. That this would be a place where people would say, I, I went to Benton Heights and they loved me, they encouraged me, they prayed for me. The mark of the Christian life is ultimately love, divine love that God gives. So if the goal of your life is to be fruitful, the question then is, how do you bear this fruit? Eight times in our section, Jesus talked about fruit. Eleven times he used the word remain or abide, depending upon your translation. And uh, repeatedly he talked about friends. Cause, effect. Abide, fruitful. The first thing we must do to be fruitful, the first step, abide in Christ. Stay connected to Jesus. Stay close to the Lord Jesus. Next question, what does this look like? How about prayer? Is prayer important to abide in Christ? <laughs> Absolutely. God doesn't need prayer. You do. Prayer is where you come to God and you say, okay, I want to have your will be my will. I want to be unburdened. I want to be aligned with your purposes. I want to be filled with your spirit. So we need to talk about some things. How about Bible reading? Is Bible reading important for your ability to abide in Christ? <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, the Bible is the primary way God talks to us. God, the Holy Spirit, inspired the writing of Scripture. He fills and indwells and empowers the life of the believer. So 
So let me say this. I guess this is God's way of saying, you're about to wrap up here. <laughs> you can't, but there's, there's, there's batterless. Batteryless? I don't know if that's a word it is now. There is no way that you can abide in Christ if you're not in prayer and you're not in his word. And how about this one? How important is worship to abiding in Christ? It's crucial. And that includes church, being with God's people in God's presence. You see, the issue is the human heart. We can't do this life on our own. We all need times of refreshing, and that refreshing only comes by spending time with Jesus He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need time to abide. That's why we're here together. Before I pray, I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, just talk about the offering because just one of the Bible's words for offering is, is bringing our first fruits. Part of fruitful life is giving. It's it's part of our worship. But maybe you're here, maybe for the first time, or you're you're still trying to seek out who Jesus really is. And you're just like, you know what? I'm not really a believer yet. So I get it. You're just here. You just want my money. <laughs> if you're not a Christian, how about you give your sin? Jesus wants to take your sin before he asks for anything else. So give him your sin and receive forgiveness and new life today from Jesus. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.